0: You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, welcome back to another episode here at the Locked On Rams podcast. It's your boy, your host, Sosa Kramanjous. As you guys know by now, I'm a fantasy analyst at Pro Football Focus and your host here at the Locked On Rams pod, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams. Today we got another good episode for you, but before we dive into it, just wanted to remind you guys that NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Lockdown's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. In today's episode, I want to dive into three more interesting topics. I'm going to dig these up, and I think they are going to be very, very fascinating to you guys. The first being another PFF ranking, this time on the secondaries across the NFL, as you guys can imagine. Once again, the Rams are ranked pretty highly. I'm going to go ahead and venture and guess and say probably a little bit lower than you guys expect. But once again, another top 10 ranking for the Rams as a positional unit. So that is a good thing in the second segment we're going to talk about a player in specific on offense a rookie that has been lighting it up at otas according to some eyes there and beat reporters and things like that we're going to dive into who that is in the second segment so make sure to come back for that and in the final segment we're going to also dive into cam acres and just talk about his fantasy outlook going into this season because he's obviously ranked very highly according to many places and deservedly so and we're going to get into why now want to pivot back to the first point and talking about this pff ranking the secondaries my guy ben lindsey over at pff one of my colleagues he wrote this piece ranking all 32 secondaries in the nfl and the los angeles Rams land at number nine in this listing now that does feel a little bit low on the surface you know you would think that the team that was the best secondary in football last season probably should be a little bit higher than number nine but i think it's a pretty fair ranking obviously You lose safety, John Johnson. He was elite. He was a star. He was arguably the best safety in football last season. He was a top three safety, I think, pretty fairly by everyone's standards. And losing a player of that caliber, that much production, that much talent, not only that, but also the leadership, because this is the guy who had the green dot on his helmet. He was the guy who got all the plays in from the defensive coordinator, from Brandon Staley, the guy who lined up everyone. That is a lot of responsibilities and losses there and obviously you know he's a tremendous player so that is definitely going to be felt to some degree now the Rams do a very very good job of planning ahead and obviously they've drafted so many safeties over the past two years you look at the early picks from Taylor Rapp a second round pick Terrell Burgess a third round pick and then the quote-unquote later guys who've also done a good job developing seventh round pick Nick Scott and sixth round pick Jordan Fuller they seem like they can handle that loss and find new guys that are going to step up and do a very, very good job. But still, you did lose a tremendous player. So it does make sense that you're going to get a knock to some degree because the other guys, most of them at least, are still relative unknowns. Then you move to corner. Once again, you lose a good player in Troy Hill. Now, he was your third best corner, not your number one, not your number two. So it's obviously a little bit of a lesson blow there. But PFF was one of the places that loved Troy Hill the most. Uh, They had him ranked. We had him ranked as one of the best nickel cornerbacks in football last year and multiple times over the past few seasons. So you can kind of understand why they would view this one as a very, very big loss. And it makes sense once again, because behind him, the Rams have planned well. But again, question marks. Is Terrell Burgess going to be the nickel guy? Is David Long going to be the one that steps up? He really hasn't played much in the NFL. Or is it going to be Dante Dion, a guy who's bounced around from practice squads to different teams to... 53-man rosters hasn't played either. So there's question marks there. It makes sense why, you know, there are still relative to-be-knowns or to be scenes in that secondary, your nickel cornerback, and one of your safeties, at least, that's 40% two out of five positions that are question marks. So it makes sense, but you always got to look back to Jalen Ramsey at cornerback, Darius Williams at cornerback. That, in my opinion, is the best duo at corner in football. If it's not number one, it's got to be number two, number three, number four, something like that. These guys are truly, truly special. And they're going to have to be the ones that shoulder the load for the secondary. And then at safety, while there's still question marks, I'm high on these guys. So yes, they are relatively unproven, but I expect big things out of Terrell Burgess coming out. I loved him. I thought, you know, this is a guy that can legitimately play single high. He can play free safety. He can play in the box as a strong safety he can play nickel cornerback. This is a guy that's very versatile. You look at Jordan Fuller last year, a tremendous surprise for the Rams. A six-round pick. I'm telling you, when you're a six-round pick, you have no business starting football games that early as a rookie, but Fuller did exactly that, and he essentially took Taylor Rapp's job, a second-round pick. So you can really begin to understand just how well he played, and I think he's the... Rock, or you know, the piece that you know what you're gonna get, that you know what you can expect out of in that secondary in that safety room. And then Taylor Rapp, the wild unknown, a former second round pick, a guy that the Rams really, really valued. They drafted him with their first pick in 2019, I believe it was now, or 2018. I think it was 2019. And clearly, you don't get picked top 60, top 62, unless you're a talented, talented player. Not only that, but I actually really, really like Taylor Rapp coming out. And I think that all three guys are going to have a role in this defense. And I think that Raheem Morris is going to have a fun and usage creative pattern for all three of these guys. Sort of like the Rams did last year. You know, you've seen Jordan Fuller out there. You've seen John Johnson out there. And then you've seen a little bit of Terrell Burgess at points, a little bit of Taylor Rapp. And then both guys kind of got injured. So you've seen a little bit of Nick Scott as well. I think ultimately the Rams still have one of the best secondaries in football. Top 10. I think that's a very fair ranking. You look at some of the other ones ahead of them. I can't even knock it here. The Denver Broncos, Baltimore Ravens, Cleveland Browns, Buffalo Bills. I mean, these secondaries are absolutely stacked. You can begin to understand that, you know, the Rams did slip to number nine. It does seem like a harsh ranking on the surface, but man, there are some really, really good secondaries in this league. So I think top 10 is still where you want to be. The Rams land in the top 10 here and it's very well deserved because this was the number one secondary last year. And ultimately, they're going to still need to be very, very good this season if the Rams do plan to field a productive defense. That's going to do it for this segment of this Thursday episode of the Locked on Rams pod. In the next segment, we're going to dive into tight end Rookie Jacob Harris, who's been standing out at OTAs, according to some friends of the podcast. And we're going to dive into what things have been going on there. And while we've got you, come connect with us on Twitter for all the coverage you need on the Los Angeles Rams. You can find me at QB's MEP and the page at LockedOnRams. Do you know 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is it really that surprising? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. You don't stand a chance introducing stat hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head to head fantasy match up. Go to statherocom locked on sign up for free. And right now you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. All you have to do is just go to stathero.com/lockedon. locked on. Stathero.com slash locked on. Folks, are you having any car troubles? You ever go outside to find your car tires flat or your car won't start? Well, you should absolutely check out rockauto.com for your service needs. Rock Auto is a family-owned business and they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You heard me correctly. 20 years. That's two decades, a long time. We know there's no better time than right now to support family-owned businesses with this strange COVID stuff going on. So I urge you guys if you can to try and do that. If you're a person who likes to fix things yourself, or you're just a professional who's looking for reliably low prices, you should absolutely check out rock auto. All you have to do is just go to their website and check out all their available parts. If your car needs it, I'm betting that they probably have it amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com and write locked on in there. How did you hear about us? So they know that we sent you. Welcome back to the second segment here at this locked on Rams podcast. This is your Thursday episode and I'm your host Sosa Kermendz. And apparently, according to former friends of the podcast, people like Jordan Rodriguez, who was here on this pod like last week and has been kind of going back and forth. And she's the best follow on Twitter, in my opinion, the best beat writer on the Rams. According to her, according to some other beat writers, Jacob Harris, fourth round rookie tight end out of UCF, has been a player to watch at OTAs. And I don't think this really shocks anybody. Obviously, you know, it's good to see that a guy is standing out. We don't know who's going to be. Uh, guys to stand out, guys who are going to pick things up quickly or players who are going to just take a little bit longer to develop. Now, when you look at Jacob Harris and I broke him down in his draft profile, probably about a month ago at this point, if you guys haven't listened to it, you can. And, um, you know, I really went into depth and into detail in his scouting report. This is a guy who is very, very athletic. He was open a ton on his tape at UCF. He played receiver, which he's not going to do in the NFL, now he's going to be a tight end, but he may as well be a receiver because that's ultimately still really going to be his role. He's going to be a big slot, sort of like that Jared Cook style role where you know, you're know you going to get him on a linebacker or a safety or even a corner, and he's going to have a legitimate advantage against whoever he's going against because way too big for a small corner, way too fast for a safety and a linebacker. I mean, they can't even dream of staying with this guy. We're talking about a guy who's 6'5", 240, 240. And runs a 4-3, 4-4-40. He has legitimate freaky athleticism. Jumps out of the gym. Jumps off the tape. And like I said, he was open a lot at UCF. You've seen a lot of vertical usage. Now he needs to work on the hands. That's something that's going to be you know a work in progress. He needs to understand the new position of tight end. He's going to now have to put his hand in the dirt a little bit. A little bit more blocking than he did at UCF. And It's just totally different compared to receiver, but you look at some of these videos that the Rams have posted on their social feeds, and I really like what I'm seeing because I've mentioned it on here before. Matthew Stafford, the new quarterback, he's always had a big weapon in the passing game, a guy that can go make those contested catches that he can throw passes up to and that he knows and trust is going to come down with the football. He's done that so many times and for so many years with the Detroit Lions with Calvin Johnson, And guys like Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, he now has that with the Rams in Harris. Because before they drafted Harris, I don't really think they had that skill set on the roster. Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, tremendous players. Deshaun Jackson, great deep threat. Van Jefferson, somewhat of a question mark, but very, very good route runner. Tutu Atwell, no. Tyler Higbee, we haven't really seen it from him either. They don't really have any other guy on the roster that's kind of a jump ball contested catch player. And now when you look at some of the usage that they've had only at OTAs, I know it's still very early, but a lot of the routes that Jacob Harris is running there, some of the biggest plays he's making there, they're in those red zone goal line style packages where he's running a fade one on one against the corner, against the linebacker, against the safety, and he's going up and getting it. And that's exactly what I think his role is going to be, even if it's very very minimal this season they do have bryson hopkins there they do have tyler higby there we know higby is going to be the number one tight end he's going to be the guy that's going to get you know 50 60 70 targets maybe those 500 yards that he typically gets we know what he is at this point in time in his career and we know what to expect the tight end two spot is where things get very interesting because the rams while they don't really feature tight ends their tight end one and tight end two over the past four seasons have been pretty close in production you look at gerald everett going year by year, 2017, 32 targets, 2018, 50, 2019, 60 targets, and 2020, 62 targets. This is a guy who was really used extensively. Now, I don't think any one tight end is going to total that 800, 900 yard mark, but you might have Tyler Higby reach five, 600, and tight end two, whether that's Bryson Hopkins, whether that's Jacob Harris, whether it's a little bit of both, you know, reach maybe a combined three, four, 500. I'm not really sure how things are going to play out with Matthew Stafford in the fold. You know, it could have been something where Jared Goff just didn't want to target the tight end that much. But I definitely think Matthew Stafford is going to find a way for these tight ends to be involved. And when you're talking about a guy with a different skill set than a Tyler Higbee or really than anyone else on the roster, that's where my eyes start to shift towards Jacob Harris because this guy is a freaky athlete. He can jump out of the gym he can get vertical and get open and separate deep and not only that but the rams love him i mean they talk about him as a selfless player a guy who's going to run around on special teams and knock somebody's helmet off they love these type of guys and at the end of the day they've talked about trying to get way more explosive on offense and i think that that's exactly what they're trending for here because Like Harris, like Tutu Awa, like Deshaun Jackson, like Matthew Stafford, a lot of these additions are guys that are very explosive on offense and that are going to be able to create a lot of big plays and a lot of chunk plays for that offense. And I think Harris fits that mold perfectly. Again, might not be an extensive role. And I don't think that's fair to put on him as a rookie who's learning a totally new position and hasn't been playing football for very long. I think it's like three or four years that he's been playing football now. You have to temper your expectations. It is just OTAs. We can't expect this guy to walk in in the building and, you know, come up with 50 catches next year for 900 yards and be the new Jimmy Graham. But what we can do is maybe expect him to be eased in a little bit, you know, keep things very simple for him, maybe take a deep shot every now and again, use him in those goal line packages when you want to throw the ball up and get a guy in there who's going to go up and climb the ladder and bring that football down. That is exactly how you can utilize this guy. The Rams have a very, very interesting wide receiver, tight end group, running back group because they have these star players. You know, you have your K-makers, the Woods, the Cups, the Higbees. But behind them, you have a lot of guys that feel very different and very specific roles. And that's what makes this offense so interesting to me because you have the jump ball guy in Harris. You have, you know, the other red zone threat who's not going to win by jump balls, but by separation in Van Jefferson. You have the deep ball guy in Jackson. You have the gadget style player in Atwell. And then you have a running back in Henderson who's a little bit more, you know, change of pacey and quicker maybe. Not faster, maybe quicker than Cam Akers. A little bit less physical probably can catch the ball maybe at a better rate. You have so many different weapons and skill sets. I think this offense is truly going to be exciting. And talking about this offense, you know, we got to dive into the final segment, running back K-makers. I want to dive into his fantasy outlook. NBC Sports Edge, they ranked running backs by tiers, and let me tell you, they had K-makers pretty high. So we will dive into whether that's earned or not, and I do think that it is, but we're going to dive into that in the final segment. While we've got you, make sure to keep checking back in with us here at the Locked on Rams podcast. We're going to continue our five strong episodes per week. Even though they only require us to do three a week now, we're going to keep it up for five as long as I possibly can. The fitness industry is incredibly confusing and oversaturated with BS. I'd like to think that my world holds a lot of weight as I've lost 155 pounds over the last two and a half years. Throughout that process, I was on the lookout for the best protein bar and I'm telling you guys, Built Bar is unlike any other protein bar I've ever tried. They're absolutely delicious. They have a bunch of different flavors and the texture is unlike any other bar. It's out of this world. The bars are also healthy. They're low in calories. They're low in sugar. They have 19 grams of protein per bar. They're high in fiber and they even work for you if you are on a keto diet. You'll even get a free cooler with your purchase while the supplies last. All you have to do is just go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at billbarcom Today on the Locked On Today podcast, what is the plan for the Steelers at quarterback after Big Ben? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the final segment of this Thursday episode of the Locked On Rams podcast. As always, I appreciate you guys for making it this far into this episode, and I want to pivot away and do something a bit different and I should tap into this and I will tap into it more frequently throughout the next two months as we get closer to the season as you guys know I write about fantasy football at PFF covering fantasy football so you know that you know, my knowledge is pretty up there and I'm very, very up to date with all the news across the NFL, but especially the Rams. Now, you know, this piece was written here by John Daigle. He wrote a good piece and it's an updated 2021 best ball running back tiers list. And in tier one, you have, you know, the superstar running backs that everyone's expecting to draft early. Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott, Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, Derek Henry, and Saquon Barkley. The next tier, the second tier, is where things really, really get interesting because you have a lot of these sophomore running backs and they're going to be tough to rank because how do you really rank these guys? You have Jonathan Taylor, you have Cam Akers, you have Clyde Edwards-Alaire, you have Antonio Gibson, J.K. Dobbins, James Robinson. You have so many guys only of these sophomore backs that are all somewhat in similar situations and relatively good offenses that are going to be handling big workloads. And yet it's Cam Akers who tops tier two on this list. And I think that is so deserved because let's just be honest, Sean McVay likes running out one running back and giving them that workhorse style usage. I don't know that Cam Akers is necessarily going to have 300 touches, but if we're talking about a running back that has the potential to be a true workhorse, he can catch the football, he can run in between the numbers, outside of the numbers, he's fast enough to take it to the house strong enough to run on those third and two plays or those short yardage grinded out style runs this is a guy that proved in some games last year even though he was hurt that he had those specific games that really really made you realize just how talented this guy is i mean he had games like against the patriots where he's touching the ball 29 times as a rusher 29 times he had another three targets in the passing game he ran the ball 30 times for 171 yards. That is absurd. The way he ended the season when he finally got the playbook down, when he finally got the running back one roll, he was healthy again after that rib cartilage injury that he suffered in week two, was it, or week three against the Philadelphia Eagles where he fell on a football completely random. He lost a lot of his rookie campaign because of those things. But then it was that Arizona game in week 12 where things really started to take a turn. He played in 63% of the snaps on offense that game. The next one against the Patriots, 79%. The one after that, the Jets, 61%. Then the Seattle game, he did not play. I think he was hurt. Then week 17 comes back against the Arizona Cardinals, 66% of the snaps on offense. And then in the playoffs, I mean, that was a different animal. He played in 72 and 96% of the snaps in those games. And to end out the season, We're talking about games with 84 yards rushing, 72 yards rushing, 171, 63 yards rushing, 34 against Arizona, not great. And then the two playoff games, 131 yards rushing against Seattle with another 45 receiving and one touchdown and the one against Green Bay, 90 yards rushing, one touchdown and another six yards receiving. You're looking at a guy that has so much potential usage there and it's kind of crazy to see him above the names like Austin Eckler and Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who was a first-round pick in a lot of places last year, rookie Najee Harris, Antonio Gibson, the Miles Sanders. And I think it's warranted. I mean, this guy, he proved how much talent he had last year. You've seen it ooze off on the film, on the field. He can run in every direction. He can do everything that's asked of him. He has enough explosiveness to take it to the house. He's strong enough to legitimately do it three downs. He has the hands to catch out of the backfield. He can create for himself in terms of actually you know, breaking tackles and extending his runs to you know, another 5, 7, 10, 12-yard runs. This is a guy that the Rams invested a lot in. And when you've seen last year, towards the end of the season, what Sean McVay was able to do with him, I think you've got to be excited about him going into this season. I know Daryl Henderson is still there. I think he's going to get a few touches here and there, but... I just can't see the Rams really not giving the Rock a ton to KM Makers. That doesn't mean he's going to get 25 touches every single week. But we're talking about an offense that could be a lot more explosive. That's a good thing. You're talking about an offense that's probably going to score a lot more points than they did last year. Another good thing. And then you're talking about a guy that can catch the ball, that can run the ball, and that can do it all. And he's young. He doesn't have too much wear on the tires, as they say. That is the perfect recipe for success here. I think KM Makers is the exact type of player you want to target here. You know, he's going to have his chances at touchdowns. That's what kept Todd Gurley, former Rams running back, amongst the best, you know, options at fantasy football every single season. He's going to have the chance to do that now with Matthew Stafford there and all these new weapons we talked about in the last segment. You talk about being able to catch the football. If you're playing in points per reception leagues, PPR leagues, the ability to catch that ball is so, so crucial. And he could do that. And he could do that at a high level. You look back to that Seattle game last year. Where Jared Goff kind of steps up in the pocket, I think it was the playoff game, and dumps it off to K makers on a third and ten. K makers breaks three tackles and gains forty five yards down the right sideline. That is the kind of stuff that this guy brings to the table. I genuinely think, and I don't use this word often, he's a special player. He was a five-star recruit coming out of high school. There's a reason for that. And I think that shows up every single time he touches the football. You see the natural talent, the special ability in this guy. And I think it's very well warranted why he's topping the list in tier two. And hell, even the people that are picking in the first round of best ball leagues and then redraft fantasy football leagues, you might be kicking yourself if you pass on Makers and you look back, you know, six months time, eight months time. What was I thinking taking X, Y, and Z over this guy? I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see, though. I do think K-Makers has the potential to be a special fantasy football player next season. And he has to be one of the most highly coveted players at his position. And he's earned that right. And that is going to do it for this episode. I'm telling you guys now, look out for K-Makers next year. Make sure to try and get him in your fantasy leagues. It's going to be great. I mentioned it in the last segment. Lockdown's only requiring us to now do three episodes per week. We're going to try to keep doing five here. I got a ton of interesting and cool content. So make sure you guys keep coming back to me. We're going to keep pumping out Rams content every single day. I don't want you guys to go without it. We're going to try to do this every day throughout the offseason, throughout the next you know two months when we don't have to give you guys something to listen to, something to look forward to and your daily dose of Rams talk because this is your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams. On that note, make sure to keep checking back in here with us at the Locked On Rams pod. We're going to continue our coverage. And just a reminder you can come connect with us on Twitter at QB's MEP and at Locked On Rams. Please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.